Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Slate House Property Management. Slate House manages over 3,500 units across the Mid-Atlantic, including Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Property management is sure not the sexiest industry, but what makes Slighthouse unique is it was founded by investors and engineers. Slighthouse has built or licensed over 12 different technologies to improve returns for investors and make better living experiences for tenants. Full-time maintenance guys help work get done quicker at a reasonable price. Slighthouse manages properties for many of the guests on this show and has helped them scale their business while they focus on acquiring properties. For more information, go to slatehousegroup.com, call 717-413-6976, or email service at slatehousegroup.com. Look forward to talking to you. Welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Hackers Podcast. I am real excited. I got Fred Rice in the studio today, uh, all the way from Ohio, joining us. Uh, Fred's the co-owner and general counsel of Spectrum Utilities, a focus on doing nationally sub-metering. Welcome, Fred. Thank you, Chad. I'm uh, uh, glad to be with you today. All right. Uh, I mean, I got to tell you, Fred, when I think about what people dream of doing in life, you know, astronaut comes to mind, doctor, lawyer, baseball player, submetering specialist is not on that list. Well, that's true. When I was, uh, you know, in my single digit years, I wanted to be a rainbow. That didn't work out either. Um, I, I actually began my career as uh, a corporate lawyer doing mergers and acquisitions for a large law firm in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I decided to, uh, uh, le- I retired early and I decided to uh, look for a business to purchase. And while I was in my uh, search for a business, the head of an accounting firm asked me to handle an acquisition for somebody. Anyway, um, and it happened to be uh, an acquisition of one submetering company by another submetering oh, company. Wow. That's the first time I'd ever heard of submetering because it is a pretty niche business. Anyway, the owner that I did the transaction for came back to me six months later, asked me if I was still looking for a business to buy, and he showed me the consolidation synergies, which were amazing. And so um, we, we decided to put our capital together, and we went out and bought a couple of submetering businesses on our own. So I stopped practicing law altogether, and now I just manage the businesses. That is amazing. Uh, and how many... I mean, in a given 
year, I guess, how many sub-metering implementations are, are you guys working on? Well, we have, I would guess, probably 1,500 properties that we sub-meter for uh -huh. in 28 states. Wow. Uh, that's probably close to 100,000 bills a month. Um, just off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, we have four offices out of which we do those uh, wow. billing offices. Uh, as far as adding clients, we probably add, oh, probably two a month. Okay. I'd say. Wow. Wow. So, but, but on the, the, the big portion of the business is really um, servicing the current uh, stock. I exactly. Guess, it's a, it, it's a, an interesting business in that you sell equipment, um, f uh, water metering equipment up front. Uh, but from that point forward, we end up doing the reading, billing, and in some cases, the payment collection. So it's a recurring business. Uh, our involvement is every month. So unless something something bad happens or the property sells, we're going to continue to bill that property for the indefinite future. That's awesome. So Fred, talk me through and the listeners here, why would somebody want to do submetering? What what's kind of the genesis for an investor of, of trying to get into uh this implementation? That's a good question. Uh historically, uh I'll talk about multifamily uh because there're probably more of those units than any other. Uh multifamily owners and operators historically have included utilities within the rent. So a tenant would simply pay his rent bill. He wouldn't have a separate water, sewer, gas, or electric bill. But back in the 90s, the utility rates started to grow at three, three to four times faster than their ability to raise rents and keep up. As a result, uh, owners and operators were experiencing serious margin erosion because utilities are oftentimes the second largest expense item on a, on a multifamily uh, p l so they were looking for ways how they could uh, shift that expense to their resident their tenants and the way they did that uh, was for property managers to actually install uh, meters for each resident and take the master meter bill then and allocate the usage on the master meter bill to each resident based on each resident's measured meter usage as though they were direct billed by the utility itself At, in that way the landlord pays the master meter bill, but in turn, the landlord gets paid for the, each tenant's usage based upon the submeter. And in that way, uh, any utility rate increase falls on the, the tenants yep. and not the landlord. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm sure where the rubber meets the road is how do you actually implement it and how much is it to implement it? Well, if you don't mind, there are a couple of other reasons why oh, it's a good idea. You're not to even submeter. done yet. Keep going. I, I like that. Uh, with submetering, when people become financially responsible for their own usage, there are extensive studies and experience that reveal that they use approximately 30% less of the utility. Yeah. And that represents a real conservation opportunity, especially in arid areas where water is scarce. Another great reason for submetering is pinpoint point leak detection. If there there's a large spike in a master meter bill and there are no submeters, you, you don't have any idea where that leak might be. Yeah. Once you put in submeters, you can rule in or rule out a leak and that allows you to target your search for the leak. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, we uh, we own a 15-unit building, and I know we, a year ago, had two and a half times the normal water bill. And you'd think it'd be really easy to track that down, but it surprisingly 
take some time uh, walking through every bathroom to see what toilets are leaking or not leaking. Uh, you fix it or you think you fixed it. And then a couple months later, it, it spikes up again and you got to do it all over again. So uh, right. I've seen that firsthand. Yes, that's that's a real problem. So leak detection alone is a valid reason for submetering. Now, uh, a little footnote on what you just described. Most of the time, sewer bills are based upon measured water usage. And so if there's a leak and that leak goes into the ground, say, as opposed to through the wastewater system, you might have an opportunity to go back to the the sewer provider, make an argument to them that the water was wasted and into the ground and therefore not charge you for the amount of sewer for the amount that was leaked. It's just a little trick. All right. Yeah, we've never tried to uh, argue for a lower bill like that, but uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we've saved tens of thousands of dollars for customers by doing that. Interesting. That's great. Good little hack there for you. Yeah, so talk me through... Uh, who who's a good candidate for potentially submetering a uh, apartment complex? Whenever you have a master meter and you have downstream tenants, whether they be apartment dwellers, manufactured housing community uh, uh, homeowners, uh, or commercial properties, it's a good idea to take the master metered usage and make the downstream tenants responsible for their own usage. It's fair. Uh, it's people understand it and it protects the owner of the property. And do the tenants also pay for essentially the fee on a monthly basis to handle the reading and submetering of the bill as well as their utility? Does that get passed on too? Yes. Um, when we set up rates for submetering, we go to the water authority provider or the sewer, whatever utility it is, and we research their rates. And embedded in their rates is a factor for reading, billing, and collection. Um, and that that is usually over $10. And so whenever the tenant is paying his water or sewer bill, then it included in the base charge is a fee for reading, billing, and collection. So that when they in turn pay their rent and they pay their utilities to the property manager or the landlord, that the resident is paying the billing fee. So it's it's cost neutral to the owner to ins uh, have to conduct a utility billing program. And, and potentially even cost neutral to the tenant, I, I assume. Because what you're, what you're kind of saying is that I guess the water authority already puts that fee in and you're kind of replacing that. Is yes. That right? You just, it's a push to the tenant because if they were direct billed by the utility, they would be paying that anyway. Yeah. That's awesome. Could you help me understand? Uh, obviously one question I got asked a lot is what is the cost to implement the the technology to submeter? And I know I'm sure there's going to be a whole bunch of, you know, well, it depends that comes with this, but how, how, would, how do owners think through that of what, what, what could this could actually cost to implement if it's not already set up? Okay, uh, there are a variety of um, meter systems. Uh, the simple and least expensive is a visual read system where you could actually install a meter and then that's the only piece of equipment. Uh, that itself would cost anywhere from probably $60 to 100 But 
most of the time, there's an additional device that enables the meter to be read without actually accessing the meter, which is usually in a utility room or a residence, and it's not easy to gain access to that every month to read it. So uh, the next step up in terms of equipment and cost is adding a remote to it, which is connected by a wire to the meter. So the register meter ends up being mirrored on the remote outside. So all the meter reader has to do is look at look outside uh, and check that. Remotes are run, oh, about 68 to $70. Okay. Uh, so if you add the two, that's what a visual read system would cost. Then you could move to uh, wireless systems and they could range anywhere from uh, uh, just the equipment cost, anywhere from probably 100 and $30 up to 300 And is that per water? Per unit? Yes. Okay, so so, you, so you're looking at a range of, you said on the low end, did I hear like $20? The low end for a, just a raw meter itself would probably be about 55 or $60. Okay, so 50 up to maybe a couple hundred, depending on the sophistication level. Correct. Um, per unit. So if you're looking at, let's just say it's a 100-unit complex, uh, you know, not crazy to think that you're looking in the $10,000 range of equipment costs. Well, what we generally look at for a 100-unit property, almost all of those are wireless now. It's probably been 10 years since we've installed that many any property, and it wasn't wireless. Okay. And so the wireless system would it probably be more like $25,000 to put a full-blown wireless system uh, in a uh, an apartment complex, okay. and um, that's that's generally what we uh, ballpark it at. And then, is there some cost to the the time, the service of implementing, or does that kind of just come as part of the package? It comes with the package, except the installation part. Uh, and if if it's a bigger installation that that requires expertise then we'll send our techs in to do it and it it might cost about a hundred dollars per unit okay to install it okay uh but if it's a smaller installation what we'll do is encourage the owner or property manager to hire a local plumber that they trust and we'll get on the phone and walk them through the process right so you're not you don't necessarily have to handle that Plumbing work, someone else could potentially do it. Correct. Now, um, if there are existing meters that are old or you want to switch to a new technology, it's a lot less expensive because now you don't have to make any cuts in the line. You just have to unscrew it. Most residential meters are seven and a half inches in length, uh, and so they're interchangeable. Are there some situations where you, you can't sub-meter? Some municipalities or... Um, apartment, the way the water is kind of set up there, or is it most are, are, are doable? That's a good question. Uh, there are some physical limitations, uh, in, particularly in East Coast high-rise older apartment buildings where um, the plumbing comes in in a utility room, and the, and the utility room was not designed to be large enough to accommodate the addition of a meter. In those cases, uh, it's not practical to submeter, uh, and um, and there, all states now permit submetering. Massachusetts, for a while, did not allow it, but I believe they've passed a law to allow it. So submetering uh, is permissible, uh, pretty much anywhere. Now, I will say this: that if you, if it's not practical to submeter because of physical limitations, uh, or 
the owner operator doesn't want to spend the capital to submeter, it's also possible to allocate the master meter bill to tenants using an, an allocation formula called RUBS, which is an acronym for Ratio Utility Billing System. And what that is, is say that master meter bills uh, $10,000 and there are uh, 100 residents, then we would there'd be a, some sort of a formula that where we would take the square footage and number of occupants of each of the units and create a spreadsheet and run the master meter bill usage through that and allocate that usage to those residents. And then they would get a bill, uh, a rubs bill rather than an actual usage bill. And so I, I assume by you talking what you are, that you guys handle both rubs and actual submetering uh, installation. You, you guys do both. That's correct. A lot of people don't realize that rubs is actually a very attractive option in submetering. Um, one thing we've heard, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that some local courts aren't a big fan of rubs. Uh, that you know potentially because you know, it's not truly a one-to-one relationship. Uh, with the tenant and the water usage, just kind of talk me through that. It seems like you're you are a proponent of rubs, and you think it's valuable in some cases. Uh, yes, uh, there are some jurisdictions that don't allow rubs uh, as a legal matter, um, but most jurisdictions do. In fact, California expressly authorizes rubs, and so does uh, Arizona. Uh, the Pennsylvania allows rubs. It, 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 the law is that if it's not prohibited, then it's permitted. Uh, and w- what might have happened is some uh, judicial magistrate or a judge might have come to the conclusion that there was a, some inherent unfairness in a rubs formula because yeah, it, that, that's it, what we've seen. It, and it, it there is uh, some unfairness because it's not exact. It's right. you're making some assumptions about somebody's usage, and those right. assumptions might not be accurate. For instance, students and older people use less water, but if you're using a rubs formula that calculates usage based upon square footage or number of occupants it's going to be somewhat arbitrary. And there is there is some uh, theoretical uh, pushback to that. And that's why actually metering is favorable, is more is more preferred, but rubs is, an, is a kind of a secondary option. Now, most uh, sub-metering is highly regulated in California. So most multifamily property owners out there do use rubs. It's interesting. That's... Uh... Super uh, fascinating how you see both of them play through. We have a lot of owners and a lot of listeners here that, I'm probably, that are probably listening who may own a, a two to six unit building. Um, now, I mean, a lot of what you talked about, you told me before that your average customer has 100 units. Um, is, is it practical if someone has two to six units to go down maybe the submetering road? Or is it just not making sense? Do you need it? Is there a certain kind of level of number of units that you think it, it starts becoming economic? Uh, a lot of submetering companies don't want to bother with smaller uh, projects. However, we do um, because typically our customers have a variety of properties and we want to accommodate that customer no matter what their portfolio looks like. Uh, with smaller properties, we, we will try uh, to urge them to have a local plumber install it. And so it's it's not such a headache for us if a local if we don't have to travel there and do the installation. Okay. So if someone had a, a five unit building, 
it's reasonable that maybe for a thousand dollars you could do an installation of submetering, or is that just not? Did the economies of scale not go down like that, and, and, and still like a, a couple thousand, three, four thousand dollar cost? To... I'll give you an ex, a real example that we closed uh, two weeks ago. It was a sixteen unit mobile home park in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, and. We were able to sell them an equi- uh, wireless, a state-of-the-art wireless system uh, for $3,250. I mean, that's that's reasonable. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of money, but it's not, uh, you know, if you could then, th- their water bill is probably approaching $1,000 a month, I would, I would guess. We generally uh, advise clients that the crossover point between the capital invested and the, the uh, uh, avoided utility expense on the P&L is about six months or less. Wow. So now I will say this also, that we are, um, we're the submetering vendor for Toll Brothers and they're building uh, in Pennsylvania, they're building a bunch of uh, pod type uh, groups of apartments, very nice apartments. And those are five and six units each. And, and uh, we're putting wireless systems into all of those. So it's just an indication that even the big boys want to submit or smaller properties. Right, right, yeah. We know the Toll Brothers folks. Um, uh, and so I imagine this is both retrofitting, existing, but also I, I, I assume you do some new construction, it sounds like, as well. Oh, yes. With, we do, do a lot of new construction, in which case what we do is uh, we work hand-in-glove with the, uh, in the construction plumbing crew. So we'll give them a flow tube, and ha- when they... Uh, install the plumbing for each unit, they will install a flow tub tube with a plug in it, and we'll come along later, remove the flow tube, and put the meter in. That's great. But but in a, a retrofit, which is an existing building that uh, somebody decides they want a submeter, we'll just go in and make a cut on the plumbing. The big issue there is, is there a working shutoff valve? Yeah. Is it exposed to the tenants? Can the tenants actually see the, the meters? Or no, that, that it's... It's not. It's not visible to the tenants. Is it? In in a multifamily property, that's uh, say you took a Victorian building and <clears throat> and you um, broke it up into five units, you would probably put that meter in there each's utility room. Uh, but the remote, if it were outside, anybody could go read the remote. In California, um, the Senate Bill Seven was passed in 2016, and it actually required that uh, owners, operators, and sub-metering companies put meters in locations where the tenant can get to it and read it themselves. That's that. So far, California is the only state to, to impose such a requirement. But I assume the beauty of this is that no one actually has to physically read it every month, right? You're, you're doing that remotely, or is someone actually month to month reading the meter? If it's a visual read system, somebody has to go read that register every month. Uh, if it's a wireless system, we just pull the reads at this on the same date every right. month. And that's why you're pushing the wireless, I imagine. It's just Well, yes, and because with wireless, you can detect if there's tampering or a leak during the month rather than wait until the end of the month. That makes a lot of sense. All right, man, this is awesome. I'm uh, I'm such a nerd at this stuff. Uh, you know, this is the Real Estate Hackers podcast. We uh, we have a lot of folks who are into tech. This is uh, super interesting. Let me ask. I mean, you see so much technology. Before we wrap up, I mean, where do you? What's something that you're excited about? Maybe coming down the pipeline in the next two to five years in this world 
that's maybe tech that's maybe not quite out there today or, or is just getting implemented that maybe people haven't heard of or seen yet? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question. I was on the phone on the way over here with uh, one of the uh, representatives for Badger Meter, which is probably the largest uh, residential water meter company in the United States. And they there are two technologies they're working on. One is called uh, L-O-R-A, LoRa, uh, and that is a, uh, an ex, ex, extremely uh, uh, long-range radio frequency signal that can penetrate um, uh, like the sides of buildings and so forth, siding and so forth. That's exciting. And the other thing is... What's the use for that? The- uh, for uh, wireless meter reading systems, oh. it it provides a better and more long-distance signal than, a, than current wireless radio frequency signals. Okay. So that the signal from a transmitter... A transmitter can be put in even more convenient places with this technology. And then that radio frequency signal can project out to the collector. The other technology that Badger's super excited about is that AT&T just got a contract to build out a huge 911 or emergency uh, cellular network around the country. And that is going to end up being repurposed for uh, to make an even enhanced LG LTE network uh, that is going to be used by the Badger and other water um, water meter companies to create an even better signal from a property to the cloud. So so the uh, the carriers are building out LTE networks that are going to be far superior to what we have today. And the meter manufacturers and some metering companies are going to be able to take advantage of that. And that we'll, we'll know more about that in a year or so. And, and so the, the value there is you could put meters in more places. You have better readability, I imagine, probably faster data flow. Yes, and more this? reliability. And uh, because cellular signals can be weaker in more rural areas, this actually will put them on par with urban areas in terms of the strength of the cellular yeah, signal. Whereas, I imagine right now in some of these rural areas, do, do you have some problems with connectivity on some of these wireless systems? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, Fred, this is super interesting. Uh, kind of, I mean, a whole bunch of wheels are spinning in my head of, we manage a lot of units. We own a bunch of units. I'm thinking to myself, why the heck are we not going down the submetering road with someone like yourself? And we will be able to form a partnership for some of our clients. Um, you know, uh, if our if our listeners out there want to get in touch with you, what what's a good way to to reach you? Uh, well, my cell phone number is six one four two one four seven 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 seven. Feel free to call. Uh, my email is frice at spectrumutilities.com. And our website is www.spectrumutilities.com. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, all forms of communication to reach Fred. Uh, we'll put some info in the show notes here as well. Uh, Fred, thanks so much for joining us here on the Real Estate Hackers podcast. This is, uh, this is awesome. Well, Chad, I have to uh, take my hat off to you. You asked some really great questions. Well, I, 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 I will say what we did. We actually we put it up on Facebook beforehand, which I think we're going to do some more of. So a lot of these questions came from our listeners out there. So a little, little uh, kind of 
using the, the the wisdom of the crowd, I guess, to uh, get some smart questions in here. And uh, yeah, I look forward to spending more time with you. You bet. And if you ever want me back, I'm I'm happy to. All right. Thanks, Fred. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch you next time on the Real Estate Hackers podcast. Uh, Submetering. Learned a lot here today and we'll have more uh, exciting tech coming your way soon. Thanks, guys. So that's our episode of Real Estate Hackers. Thanks for joining us in your real estate investing journey. We come out with fresh new episodes weekly. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would, let your fellow investors know about us. Also, if you've ever hacked or found a unique solution to an issue in the real estate space, hit me up. We may even share your real estate hack on a future episode. Check out our site at realestatehackers.com, on Instagram at realestatehackers, or email me directly at chad at realestatehackers.com. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Huge thanks and shout out to Eric and the team at On Air Brands. Be sure to check them out at onairbrands.com. This is Chad Gallagher, your host of Real Estate Hackers. Hope to see you at our next meetup or live event. And who knows, you may even be the next guest hacker on our show. See you soon.